Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. Got a fun show for you today. Um, in the beginning, rather than break down the news portion, we decided to do um, a little exercise where we kind of go through the upperclassmen redshirt uh, seniors and, and kind of talk about their situations as to where where they will go as we work into this winter spring season will you know what their decisions might be if we were in their shoes um so we'll get into a, a few of those and and see what we can do um to kind of give you guys uh, maybe some thoughts as to where some of those players heads are at of course we don't know their situation this is just us speculating on on kind of what we do if we were in that situation um but it should be a fun little exercise to get us started and then in the back half we have an interview with quarterback of the 2022 class, Devin Brown, a three-star kid out of Queen Creek, Arizona. Uh, the Badgers offered him back this spring. Uh, he was uh, he joined the show. It was a lot of fun talking to him. Very well-spoken kid. Um, and he's uh, coming close to a decision here. Uh, so it's good news for Badger fans to look forward to. Keep your fingers crossed that they're able to land him because uh, his highlight tape is is show some really strong traits from a quarterback, and I think Badger fans would be excited to see him and uh, land a, a top-quality player from out west. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, we had just a little inside baseball here, but we actually had the interview with Devin just before this, and he, uh, I think that's a really good interview that I think people will want to listen to. And, and yeah, I mean, he, the Badgers have been uh, – a team really heavily involved with him for a long time now since offering back in May of 2019. So they, it's it's something to where, um, based off his timeline, the Badgers have a good shot here. So um, I, I'm, I, I think Badger fans should be excited but also um, uh, hopeful in, in, in a lot of ways because he is a very talented uh, young player. Um, but, yeah, I think this – I'm really excited for this first half as well that we're going to be doing because – I think just with everything up in the air, eligibility-wise, there's a lot of players across college football who have to make a lot of tough decisions. And so we're playing kind of a game of should I stay or should I go type thing where thinking about what's, what would you do in these situations for each player because the the options for some of these guys are very different. And I think it's, it's definitely something for us to just talk about even just to try to figure out um, kind of what's at stake for a lot of these players. Yeah, it'll be an interesting exercise, and uh, you know, why don't we go ahead and and get right into it? We'll 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 start with one that I think is one of the more pressing ones uh, if you look at his situation, and and definitely one that Badger fans are are going to be paying attention to, and that's of of Cole Van Land and left tackle. Uh, it, w- it was presumed that Cole would come in and have a strong year, put together a strong tape at that left tackle position, and all of a sudden. Uh, it was kind of skyrocket up the boards. I know he mentioned that he wanted to get more tape on film, but now all of a sudden that kind of changes uh, with this situation. So what would you do if you were kind of in Cole Van Landen's shoes trying to figure out 
uh, how to proceed forward with this up in the air season. I think I think if there is this winter season that is being thrown around that I've heard about uh, in talking with people, and I know that it's been t- starting to be talked about more, uh, more and more. Uh, I think he should play because I do think some extra film should be would be good for him. But if it comes to that, there's not a winter or a spring season, and that it doesn't jive with the NFL draft, he's in a position where he's probably going to get drafted either way. And so I don't think that he would be in a spot where he would necessarily need to come back for 2020 fall of 2021. That just wouldn't make sense for him based off the fact that he was he was draft eligible last year, probably would have been selected. It probably wouldn't have been where he wanted to be. But at the same time, if, if he can get filmed this winter or spring, I think that would be great for him. But if not, I think I think the NFL is his his go to. I think you're right there. Um, you've you've got to. Uh, I, I think for a lot of these guys, the the main premise of this winter season would be to protect 2021 and play that game and, and that season without a hitch. But it's also to you know help some of these guys get some of that tape on on out there and and hopefully help their draft status and, and move them up boards. And Colvin Landon, if he can play in one of those uh, type games and in a shortened season show that he's capable uh, of playing that left tackle position as well as it looked like he was even last year, I think it would be a big benefit for him. So I would, I would have to agree with you uh, wholeheartedly on that one. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, and this one is a smaller guy, a speedster, punt returner, Jack Dunn. Uh, redshirt senior, and really you could talk about the, the wide receiver room in general. You've got you've got Jack Dunn, you've got Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, uh, Adam Crumholz, all guys that are you know upperclassmen seniors in that wide receiver room. Where I don't know necessarily if all of their situations are the same. I think some guys would definitely benefit from coming back, uh, and most of them probably would. But we'll start with uh, that group, and, and I don't know if you want to lump them together or take them individually, but. Uh, what do you think uh, for for that group of receivers? Yeah, so I, I think that uh, group of wide receivers actually falls in two different groups for me, kind of. Um, I look at Jack Dunn and Adam Krumholtz as redshirt seniors who came in as walk-ons. They probably have gotten everything that they're going to get out of the university. Um, now, does that mean that they'd probably prefer to have another season? Well, hell yeah, I would too. So, um, but at the same time, it, it's hard to envision um, coming back another year and, and paying your own way uh, in, in Krumholtz's um, case and having to do that. I, I just don't necessarily see it, especially for your third and fourth wide receivers or fifth receiver somewhere in that range. It's not necessarily your go-to starter. I just don't think it makes a ton of sense for Jack Dunn and Adam Krumholtz to, to come back um, now, that doesn't mean that they might not choose to, but if if there is a winter season, I think they definitely play, but I have a, I have my doubts that they would be coming back uh, in the fall if if that uh, option is, is there for them, which it sounds like based off of the NCAA um, announcement last week that there is a waiver that basically nobody's going to lose eligibility. But I just – I'm guessing that at this point a lot of times – this is their fifth year in college. Eventually, they're going to want to start their life, um, and, and both of them are highly intelligent uh, individuals who are probably going to make their imprint in 
the Madison community or um, the world at large in a in a way that's beyond football. So I'm guessing there there would they would both be prime candidates to probably um, hang up their cleats uh, if they if they don't aren't able to play this winter or spring. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, I, I look at it, and, you know, I, like I said, with this exercise, we, we kind of went through and put ourselves in every player's shoes and said, you know, if I was in, in there uh, making that decision, what would I do? And I think for me, uh, like you said, uh, you know, Eric Burrell talked about it in the podcast a couple times ago where th- this is his fifth year uh, in Madison, and, and he's eventually wanting to get on to the next phase of his life, and I think there's going to be the same situation kind of with Jack Dunn and Adam Crumholes. Now both are, are talented players, and Wisconsin would welcome them back and love to have them back with with open arms no matter when they play. Uh, but at least for me, if, if I was in a situation with those guys, I, I probably, as much as it sucks to not go out the way you wanted to, you know, so your senior day at Camp Randall, I might just say, you know what, I, I'm going to move on to the next phase of my life as well. Um, so I, I kind of agree with you there with those two, and uh, it would be nice to see them get sent off in a proper way in the spring and in the or in the uh, winter. But if not, you know, I think both of those guys have have shown. You know, we've had them both on the podcast to talk about their social justice initiatives and um, COVID. You know, raising meals for the community with Jack Dunn. Uh, so both guys have have made impacts and, and imprints in the community. So they'll be well off uh, to what. They, they get into in their next phase of life. So I wouldn't be surprised for that either way. All right, for our next group of receivers, you, you, you kind of split them in two, so we'll do it that way. Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, what do you think uh, those guys are, are thinking as they uh, try to make uh, make their way towards this decision? Yeah, I think they have a little bit bigger decisions here to make because you look at Danny Davis, he's a fourth-year senior. So he, he hasn't been on campus for that extra year. He never redshirted. Um, and Kendrick Pryor, he's a fifth-year guy, but at the same time, both of them have had some some big highs and have done a lot for the team and are your number one and number two wide receivers. To, so, so if there is no winter this, this year to put extra film out there, it might make sense for one or both of them to come back. I doubt both will come back if there's no winter or spring for a fall, but it would make a lot of sense possibly for a guy like Danny Davis who might have NFL aspirations. He's got talent. He's just kind of been stuck behind a guy like Quintez Cephas uh, to, to not be able to do that. So I, I look at those guys, and I think they have a little bit more to possibly gain about coming back. Now, it, they also would be probably looking at, okay, I'm going to be the number one guy next year in 2021 if they do come back as well, because there isn't a lot of um, go-to guys beyond those two to turn to. So I think I think if I was looking at it, Danny Davis would make a lot of sense to possibly come back. I don't know if he will. I don't know uh, what happens. Um, I can't get out my crystal ball and do that. But but really, he's a kid who, who makes a ton of sense that if there isn't a winter to come back. If there's winter and he pops off and does great, I don't think necessarily he'd want to come back. But but um, him and Pryor, if there's no winter or spring, that's a real possibility for them to think about. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, and that wide receiver room is, is all of a sudden really gotten interesting. When you look at we just touched on four of the guys, all four guys that sounded like they were going to be in the rotation this year. Now all of a sudden that gets a little bit cloudier uh, as you work into the, the winter or spring season, and 
Of course, you, you expected all four of them to be moving on after this year. We were also expecting to have a normal year where they would phase out and new guys would take on a new opportunity. That might change. And I'd have to imagine, you know, Kendrick Pryor and, and Danny Davis are kind of in that same boat um, for myself where if they play a, uh, a winter or spring season that I would, you know, of course, look at playing that. And hopefully, you know, I think especially like you mentioned in Danny Davis's case, he could be a guy that has a big year and, and decides, you know what, I'm going to go out this way, test the waters at the next level, see what I can do, and, and go from there. So I think uh, I think they're both probably in the same boat. You know, all four of the receivers might have that look, but I, I'm hoping that if there's a spring or winter season that all four of them will be in pads uh, and joining the, the Badgers for it. Okay, our next one, a, a very interesting one. I think this one's uh, kind of difficult. Uh, and, and that's senior quarterback Jack Cohn. Uh, coming back uh, this year, it looked like everything was going to work out. You're going to have a senior starter phase into Graham Mertz. Now, all of a sudden, that uh, kind of gets changed up a little bit. Uh, so where do you think uh, Jack Cohn's uh, head might be as he tries to make a decision? And if you were in his shoes, kind of what would be going through your mind? Yeah, I think he's in the most precarious situation out of anybody um, just because – he he is a he's a fourth year guy like Danny Davis. He he never registered. The Badgers tried their damnedest to get him to and to try to get it in, but then the um, Brook um, had the injury and the, and he was kind of forced to burn that red shirt. And the Badgers just rolled with him for the bowl game. So I, I think for me, if if I'm Jack Cohn, you're really hoping that there's going to be a uh, a winter or spring season. If not. I have a hard time believing that he's going to be back. And I know people might not want to hear that, or some people might be overjoyed by that, but I just look at it as it's going to be a hard sell to tell Graham Mertz that he isn't going to be your starter in 2021 if if he is, in fact, that guy, if he is, in fact, as talented as he came in with and what we've seen in practice. So I, I think you said it right when you said that, hey, it was all aligned. Everything was built nicely, that it would be – Cone's year this year, and that would flow nicely into uh, the Mertz experience. But at the same time, uh, if if in fact you see that um, there isn't a winter or spring season for Cone to play in, um, I could very easily see him um, ending up somewhere else and playing as a grad transfer um, and, and, and going that route. Or, I mean, maybe try to test the waters as an, uh, as an undrafted free agent but I would guess that he would probably lean towards playing somewhere. Um, but I just have a hard time envisioning if there is no winter or spring season, him being the starting quarterback in the fall of 2021. I just, it just, it doesn't make sense um, within the progression of what they're, the Badgers are probably going to want um, long-term at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I, I wrote down that, you know, grad transfer might be a situation that he looks at just based on, you know, I like Jack Cohn. I, I was excited to see what he could bring this uh, year. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we've, I, I think everyone is, was hoping to um, see what he could do after a strong junior season, but at the end of the day, the math uh, and the situation of it just kind of checks out to where you might, you know, if I was in his shoes, I might look. Uh, elsewhere and, and see what see what see what's out there you know there's there's no doubt about that because at the same time while I think if, if there's a winter or a spring season um, 
I also could see this winter-spring season kind of turning into a, a place where you could maybe work some more guys into the fold, where maybe you work Graham Mertz into games even more, and you know it's a shortened season, you get them out there, uh, and then you've got them ready for 2021. There's, I think there's going to be some coaches that, if they play uh, in that situation, kind of treat it like that, more of a spring football, uh, kind of like David Mormon talked about in the last episode, more of a spring football get ready for next year type situation uh, and of course you're pursuing a national championship but who knows if it's going to be exactly a national championship in the spring or uh, winter so maybe maybe coach coaches are looking at working other guys into the fold anyway so then that kind of really uh, wrinkles Jack Cohn's situation even more so I would love to see him go out in, uh, in in some sort of uniform and have a strong senior season but I think there's a lot of options that Jack Cohn is, is definitely weighing at this point in time. Yeah, for sure. I think he he's he is what this exercise is really about because he has so much to try to figure out and really how things um, unfold over these next few months are going to be huge for kind of what path he ends up taking. I would think whether that be sticking it out in Madison, whether it be um, moving on to the NFL and 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 trying there or to try to see if maybe another place would be a better landing spot for a year because I just like. I, I love Jack Cohn. I was we were all on Team Cone Zone um, last year, and I, I think he really um, silenced a lot of doubters in a lot of ways. But I think when it comes to the linear progression that you have for your quarterback room, where you only have one guy who can be the guy, uh, it's it's hard to envision that guy not being Graham Mertz next year if you are Paul Crist. That's a great way to put it. All right, we'll get to our next one, and it's uh, a guy in the running back room that I think is is so special, so underrated. Uh, Swiss Army knife for the Badgers in the in the running back room, and that's Garrett Groshek. Um, I personally find this one really interesting um, because I think Garrett Groshek is is extremely underrated, very athletic, and it could be a guy. I do see them uh, that he could be a guy that if he had a solid year could put some tape out there and be playing on Sundays. I don't know if, what role it would be, but I, I do believe that. So I think uh, in his situation as a redshirt senior, he might really want to uh, go out there and, and finally have uh, his chance to prove his name and not waiting behind Jonathan Taylor. So what do you make of uh, Garrett Groshek's situation? I think he's a guy who would try to try to land on an NFL roster. I don't anticipate him coming back. He just recently got married this offseason. He's, he's trying to move on um, to a, a lot of places in his life, in a lot of ways in his life. So I would, I would highly um, suspect that he would probably, if he doesn't have a winter slash spring to play, he's probably going to be a candidate to uh, try to t- test the NFL waters, whether that's as a late-round pick or as an undrafted guy, probably the undrafted route, and try to land on a team um, or just move on with the next part of his life. He's had a really good career um, starting early on even uh, and, and really made a big imprint. And he's, he's your prototypical walk-on story turned great that, uh, mm-hmm. that usually ha- unfolds at Wisconsin. Yeah, I think he'll be an interesting one, and I hope he ends up on, on an NFL roster at some point because, like I said, I, I think he's a very underrated player, and I'd love to see him uh, work into some sort of role. All right, our next guy, redshirt senior Eric Burrell, had a great junior year, was coming back, expected to be an, an all-Big Ten type player. 
I think we kind of already know the answer for this one because we did break down that audio a couple episodes ago. He essentially said he's not coming back in, in next fall. He'll he'll play this winter or spring if he gets the opportunity because he's in school, but uh, it doesn't sound like Eric Burrell, unless something dramatically changes, is coming back next year. But uh, what do you make of his situation? Yeah, I think I think he's boomer bust. He's either going to be playing in winter or spring, or he's off. Um, he, he's he's already talked about the number of degrees he's got. There's only so so many that you need, and uh, a sixth year would just not really be, be that beneficial for him when he's probably already on NFL uh, radars as a guy who could will probably be selected in the draft. Um, no, regardless of where it is, he, he's got a he's going to have a shot in an NFL roster. Uh, so I would think it's either going to be uh, the winter or spring, or he's off to the NFL. I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. All right, we'll work into the next two then, and we'll break down uh, the defensive ends, both kind of in the same situation, Garrett Rand and Isaiah Loudermilk. I know uh, we we're both are big fans of, of both of these guys, freak athletes that I think with a, a big senior season this year would, would really benefit them at the next level as they try to work in there because, of course, they've battled injuries. Uh, earlier in their career, so to have solid tape out there for a couple of years would be good for them. But what do you make of, of their situation? I think they're kind of in a similar situation to Burrell. It's not as likely in stone, um, but at the same time, you look at both of them, and they're already getting looks by NFL teams. They're already on the radar. Um, I don't think, like I said, they're they're quite as high on the board as Burrell, but I think you look at what they bring – Rand can do a lot in a 4-3 or a 3-4. He's got a little versatility. Loudermilk is, I mean, his size will probably at worst get him on an NFL roster or a shot at an NFL roster. So um, I think both those guys would probably um, end up testing the waters for the NFL. I would guess Loudermilk would be more likely to do that. Rand missed that entire year because of the leg injury, so there's a chance he might be like, hey, I want to make sure I get some more tape out there. But I, I think both those guys, if you get them in um, pro workouts, people are able to see their testing numbers. They're able to see how strong Garrett Rand is, the size of Isaiah Loudermilk. I'm guessing those are going to be guys who are going to have NFL shots. So I doubt they're going to come back for a fall season, but they would obviously t- participate in a uh, winter or spring, I would think. Yeah, and I think for both of those two, I, these are two guys where, you know, and another other, other guys we've talked about are in that same boat, but these are two guys that you, you see the importance of getting a winter or spring season in for them if they can't do their regular fall season because that could have a huge impact on, on the paths of their lives. If they come out and have a strong senior season, they could get more tape out there and they could make an NFL roster, and who knows, they could be two players that, NFL scouts and, and teams maybe didn't pay as much of attention to, and all of a sudden, you know, they're making money uh, on an NFL team. Those are big decisions, and these guys are, are really hoping to have an opportunity to play. So I think both of them are in the same spot where uh, hopefully they get a chance to play this spring and winter, but I don't know uh, if you test the waters that coming back in the fall. Maybe Garrett Rand, like you said, more so than Isaiah Loudermilk, but I think both of them have a shot where they're going to want to get more tape out there. All right, we'll work into the next one, and we've got some secondary players um, up next. Colin Wilder, haven't seen a ton from him at Madison, 
but he's an interesting candidate, as well as Caesar Williams, cornerback as a redshirt senior, and Madison Cohn, who's kind of been your hybrid uh, type player. So anything really jump out uh, for you from those three in terms of a decision? I think Cohn is is probably done. Um, he, he's he's a kid who um, is extremely smart. Probably has uh, his best opportunities beyond football as well. Caesar Williams is a guy who could probably land on an NFL roster. Um, I I think added tape in, in really bonifying himself as the starter um, at Wisconsin in the in a uh, winter or spring would probably definitely benefit him. But I don't think that he would be necessarily a guy who would come back for um, next fall. I doubt it just simply because you look at how tight the um, scholarship numbers are going to be at the cornerback position, how many young players they have that are already chomping at the bit and kind of stuck behind guys like Cone and, and Caesar Williams. I would think that those guys are both probably done unless Cone goes the grad transfer route and wants to get another year in or maybe work on a separate master's at something at a different school that they have to offer. Um, but I think Wilder, you look at him just the way he battled injury, lost the season because of a, a knee injury, and and had to sit out a season coming to Wisconsin. And he's in a very different situation. I know when he retweeted a, a, the announcement by the – by the NCAA and really was pretty excited about it. I could easily see that if he, um, you know, even if he plays this winter or spring, him trying to stick around and play, whether that be at Wisconsin or as a grad transfer, I think he's, he is exactly what this is, this uh, waiver is for because he, he is a guy who's really lost a couple seasons and would be in a place where it'd be like, well, I, I really want to play and it might be at Wisconsin as as a as a reserve like he kind of has been or it might be I want to go down to the SDS level or the um, group of five level and, and be a, a starter so I think with him I could see him or Madison Cohen being more likely to stick it out if it's with a sixth season if they want to than Caesar Williams. Yeah, I think if you're Caesar Williams, you you might look at trying to make an NFL roster. I think he could have really benefited to to move up uh, draft boards if he did return. But at the same time, again, you're talking about a whole other year of your life that is is something you've got to really consider. Uh, and the other two could be, I, I think Colin Wilder's situation is, is very interesting because you, we talked about Eric Burrell, talking about Madison Cohen at the same time. Does their role change and their ideas change, maybe depending on what some of the other guys do? I would have to think it does when you look at the safety position. This year you expected to, to have Scott Nelson returning. You had Eric Burrell um, you know, back uh, after a really solid year, and then you had Reggie, Reggie Pearsons who really showed something as one of the younger guys. But now all of a sudden that safety room, which was kind of concrete and, and pretty solid, uh, could change a lot. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how all three of those kind of shake out. And I would have to guess that some of these decisions are going to come from what other guys do and, and how the roster shakes out. Oh, for sure. I would think so. Uh, what about Mason Stocky at fullback? Uh, another guy who's had some injuries, but registered senior uh, fullback. That one's an interesting one because you're you're at a position where you, you don't get all the glory. So, so tape and, and things like that are important because – there's very few fullback spots uh, in the NFL if you wanted to take a crack at that next level. 
it's you got to beat out a lot of guys and you got to be one of the best. I mean, I bet you, you know, most I, – I don't know the breakdowns of the number of teams that actually have a fullback on their roster, but I would have to guess it's pretty tight and you'd be worried about it. Um, so you really got to be the cream of the crop to, to make an NFL roster as a fullback. So maybe you benefit from, from coming back, but at the same time, you know, your redshirt senior, maybe you say, you know, I'll play this – this spring and this winter in kind of that similar position. And, and if not, you know, I'm just going to move on to the next step of my life and, and see where it takes me. Yeah, I think that's kind of – that makes a lot of sense for him just based off of everything. Um, I thought really you saw him become a bigger weapon later last year. He had like that one-handed diving catch, um, made some nice plays. So he, he's got talent um, and really started getting in a groove. But but I just think, like you said, there's a lack of real upside for for um, the NFL for a fullback unless you are one of those upper echelon guys. And I think that he will have opportunities to to, to try out, have, make a practice squad, um, and do that. But I, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be um, to the level of a guy like Alec Ingold or Derek Watt. You know, So I'm just I'm interested to see that um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think he he might look at it and say, you know what, there's there's Wisconsin fullbacks in the NFL, so maybe I uh, can use that and and run with it and try and make an NFL team, or maybe I can use that and come back and try to get more tape. So he's going to be one. I know it's fullback, and Wisconsin fans love fullbacks more than more than most, but uh, I I think that would be a a good one to to kind of take take a look at and pay attention to. Um, all right, we've got our next one. We'll we'll do a couple linebackers here, and we'll we'll talk about them. Uh, Noah Burks and, and Mike Mascalunas, both redshirt seniors. Uh, we'll talk about those two interesting situations for both. You know, we saw a little bit of them last year, uh, but but probably not enough to to really, you know, you can't just move on to the NFL unless you've got extra tape and you've got NFL interest. I think both of those guys would benefit from playing some more football and, and maybe hopping on a radar of someone. But right now, yeah, they're in an interesting spot. So what do you make of, of those two linebackers? Yeah, they are in an interesting spot. Um, Mascalunas, I would think that he would be uh, the type of guy where, uh, as a walk-on, that winter, spring would be huge for him as a reserve uh, inside linebacker. And then he would basically have the decision of, do, does he want to continue playing football or does he want to move on? If he wants to continue playing football, though, I'm not totally sure if it's going to be at Wisconsin. Um, that might be an option for him. But you also look at the Badgers really um, have a lot of young talent in that inside linebacker room. And this is it's kind of like what we were talking about with Jack Cohn, where, is it, where Paul Christ and that staff are going to have to really decide what, it, what would you rather have. Would you rather have – um, the upperclassmen walk-on that you want there as your backup behind Leo Chanel and um, Jack Sanborn? Or do you want to try to get a guy like Jordan Turner some reps? Do you want to get a guy like Malik Reed reps or uh, Muma Jong Mehta? So, so I think that's going to be a tough situation um, for them to navigate because Mascalunas has got talent. He's a guy that uh, – can, can really play, so maybe he has to make a decision. Does he want to stick it out? Um, and maybe if he does want to continue playing, it might be at a, a lower level. It might be at a Power 5 or or another uh, um, or a different Power 5 school or at, or at a group of 5 or FCS school. So I think he's he's kind of in that ballpark to me. Burks, I think, because Wisconsin is so has so many young outside linebackers, it's, it's fairly similar. 
But I, I do think because he had a good year last year, maybe there's a little more um, a little more leeway for the staff to be like, oh, we could really use having him on this on in fall of 2021. But but really, I, I guess we'll see with those two. I, I would say they're they're kind of flips of a coin to me whether they would um, continue playing in in fall of 2021 or not, uh, depending upon what the university goes with. Yeah, I think I think you made a good point there, and I, that's kind of what I was going to mention is that while while they may you know want to come back and play and and be uh, heavily involved, you also have to look at. Unfortunately, the the coaching staff has to make that tough decision of do we want to work other guys in and get reps, uh, you know, similar to like you said with Jack Cohn and Graham Mertz. Do you take this season as kind of a way to you know host your spring ball and then get ready for next year? I, I can't fault coaches for, for doing that, but at the same time, it really sucks for some of these guys if that situation uh, is the is the way that it goes. So I would have to agree with you. I mean, you look at the young talent that they have at outside linebacker and inside linebacker, you want to see some of those guys start to get some reps, and if you, you bog that down another year and keep those guys off the field, uh, they're probably not going to be happy either. They were expecting to maybe get on the field a little bit earlier too, so it's just a sticky situation, and it sucks for all the players involved, and it, it sucks for the coaches that they have to make this decision because, again, the, the linebacker position kind of worked out nicely, uh, and now it's just a, a big wrinkle in it. Oh, no doubt. And that kind of brings us uh, really good into our last one because I think it's a very similar situation uh, with redshirt senior tight end Gabe Lloyd. Uh, there's some young guys in the tight end room that are, are going to be looking to, to make a splash. Uh, you, you look at the last couple classes, you've got uh, Nolan Rucci and Clay Cundiff, you got Cam Large and Cole Dokovich that came in in this past year's class, so the tight end room uh, certainly got some depth from some younger guys, and, and Gabe Lloyd is probably going to be the guy this year and uh, in that redshirt uh, senior role behind Jake Ferguson, but now all of a sudden it, it's kind of the same boat where you're looking at younger guys, maybe trying to get them worked in, so what do you make of uh, Gabe Lloyd's situation? Yeah, I think, once again, this depends on a winter-spring season. He's a guy who I could see coming back, actually, because he missed all of last year when he was supposed to be uh, more entrenched as a, as a playmaker at the second tight end spot, where he missed that entire year. Maybe he tries to, to come back again. Um, you know, we saw the Badgers try to bring back Sander Neville last year and do that, so... I could see him trying to come back, whether that's at least with the Wisconsin or at a, at a lower level school at the Power Five or FCS level. Um, he's got talent. He's got size. Um, I, I think he's in a similar situation, though, to Mascalunas, where it would be more of a decision by the staff if he wants to come, if, if and when he wants to come back, because like you mentioned, there are a lot of young, talented tight ends who are kind of chomping at the bit to get involved. And I think it would also depend on what happens with Jake Ferguson. If there's a winner in spring season and Jake Ferguson puts some crazy stuff on tape and and jumps up draft boards and leaves, maybe Gabe Lloyd's a guy who's like, hey, I'm willing to come back and, and give you some, some upper-class leadership to the room, and, and that might be a viable thing for the staff to want. So I think he's a, he's a wild card to me uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that you you bring up some good points, and it, it transitions us nicely. We'll, we'll wrap it up by – uh, talking about maybe some redshirt juniors that you think might uh, depart or you know make a decision that way. You touched on Jake Ferguson. I'd have to imagine he's going to be one of the guys that uh, we discussed here. But 
any of the redshirt juniors that you look at, you know, you've got uh, Bruss, Beach, Seltzner, uh, Hicks, guys like that. Is there any of those guys that you see that really stick out in, in their situation, or is it all you maybe expect them uh, to return? I would anticipate all of them will return for the fall of 2021. None of them are really on NFL radars as like, hey, for sure, uh, top few rounds here. Um, I think you look at Jack Sanborn, um, Ferguson, uh, as I mentioned, and Logan Bruss is probably your most likely guys that could potentially leave early or have a shot, depending upon what happens in the winter slash spring. But I would anticipate that those guys would be back unless Bruss or Ferguson have a huge season. I think for me, the more interesting one is going to be Scott Nelson, who is going into what would be now his redshirt junior year. Um, and because he missed uh, basically all of last year, he might be a guy who can get another year back, whether it's whether it's because of this uh, the, the COVID waiver or whether it's because of injury. So he's a guy who I think could really benefit from this because it – Helps uh, the safety position buffer some scholarship-wise. You're looking at Eric Burrell as a senior. Um, after him, you've got Scott Nelson as as a redshirt junior. You're, you're going to have uh, Reggie Pearson as a sophomore, redshirt sophomore next year. So really, you've got a, it gives possibly the Badgers an extra year of Scott Nelson, which I, I think any Badger fan would be excited about because of what he can bring when he's healthy and. Um, hopefully he can he can be good to go here if there is a winter or spring season. Yeah, I think the this whole entire group, the the redshirt junior group, there's there's no guy that I think um, could not benefit from coming back and and putting together more tape and and maybe uh, of course moving on to the fall and and really having a full normal season to move on to the next level. Uh, I would have to guess if there's like you mentioned a couple names that that could. It would be Jake Ferguson if he comes out and just absolutely balls out and it says, you know what, I don't know if my ceiling's going to be higher. Uh, there's there's going to be some sort of, of quarterback change. Maybe I want to just take what I what I did this past year in a, a condensed, healthy type season, uh, unlike what he had last year, and 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 go on from it because he's put together some solid seasons at Madison. And I think uh, you know, despite last year kind of being injured and then not being as big of a target, he was still. Uh, a very integral part, still was uh, very high up there in terms of receiving yards, the number two receiver on the team behind Cephas. So uh, despite a down year in his eyes, he could still come back and and put together another year, and all of a sudden you've got uh, three solid seasons at Wisconsin. So I would have to look at him as to be a guy that that maybe could take off after this spring winter. But uh, other than that, I, I think I see most of these guys, you know, coming back uh, in the fall of 2021, and hopefully they do because there's a lot of a lot of talent in that redshirt junior class. Oh, no doubt. And you really look at it, Ferguson would be having to go against a pretty good tight end class in there. They've got Pitts, you've got Fryermuth, you've got a bunch of guys who can – and uh, the guy at Miami who can all – who are all probably going to be early round picks. Um, you've got other guys behind them. So it might not be the perfect year for Ferguson to jet early. Um uh, so we'll see. It's it. I doubt it. I think he'll be back, but but he would be the the lone guy that I would look to if. And I but I would also um, handcuff that to if he has a good winter mm-hmm. or spring season. Right. And I think right. that would go along with Logan Bruss because 
if he is indeed moving to guard, that would be something that he would have two solid years of tape, both at tackle and guard, to to lean upon and, and possibly show scouts. And he already has the size to to be a NFL guy. All right, there you have it, folks. That kind of gives you a rundown of what we think and uh, putting our shoes on and into what these guys' minds are trying to come up with. A very difficult decision that they've got to try and work through. Um, so maybe we we provided a clearer picture to at least the fans of what you know they might be considering as they work to either another season or the next chapter of their life. So we hope you guys enjoyed that uh, segment. Now we're going to go ahead. We'll get into our ad reads, and then we'll kick it over to our interview with Devin Brown. Like I mentioned at the beginning, three-star quarterback out of Queen Creek, Arizona. A very fun interview, so we think you guys will enjoy it. So stick with us through our couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our interview. Badger fans, welcome to our interview with Devin Brown, quarterback out of the class of 2022 out of Queen Creek, Arizona. Uh, He received an offer from the Badgers uh, a few months back. We'll get into that. We'll talk about his recruitment, uh, some strengths and weaknesses, kind of the same thing we do um, with recruits from time to time over here on the show. So, Devin, before we get started, uh, we we greatly appreciate you uh, hopping on. How's things going uh, as you get ready to start up the school year? Good. Thank, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, good opportunity just to kind of give you guys some information on how it's been going. Um, last week was our first week of school of, uh, you know, being in person. This is our second week, so we're, we're rolling in Arizona. We're ready to go. There you go. So before we get into uh, everything, we always like to start with kind of the same two questions for recruits, and we like to kind of ask about the, the strengths and the things that you're working on in your game. So I'll tackle the strengths. What are what do you feel like uh, as you enter uh, this season and this school year? The the strengths to your football game. I mean, r- really, it's just been good overall on on everything. I've been much more comfortable in Coach Main's offense. I've grow, grown a couple inches since last season. I've gained probably twenty five pounds. I've been getting stronger. Definitely a lot stronger in the weight room. I, I'm ready to go. All right. So if if you don't mind me asking, uh, on most of your profiles, you're listed like six two, you know, that one eighty five, one ninety range. What are yeah. you at now? Yeah. So that's about right for the weight. Uh, I'm pushing six three. I'm about maybe an eighth of an inch short of six three. So it, it's pretty accurate. All right. Nice. I mean, that's uh that's prototypical for a quarterback size. So, what do you think are kind of some of the things you're really trying to focus on improving in your game? Uh. Definitely just getting more comfortable with, with the coverages and, and knowing my knowing my reads and where to go, you know, if it's middle foot open, middle foot closed, just know, knowing where I'm going with the ball. Uh, you know, obviously I was in a new offense last year, and it was very advanced offense, um, but it's been very good. I think I'm getting the hang of it, and I'm, it's also a very a very close similar uh, correlation to, to the Badgers offense. It's been really good. I know that you, you kind of mentioned uh, you're back in school now and you, you're rolling. And I, I believe Arizona, I was trying to figure out, uh, I was Googling, trying to make sure to, to see when uh, your season started and things like that. But when is your first game and, and what have they kind of rolled out as a plan for uh, your high school season? So our first game is October 2nd. Um, they, they've been telling us we have a seven-game uh, regular season with a bye week and they're allowing schools uh, to, to use that bye week as actual game week too, we can we can schedule a game on top of that. So I think I think that's what we're going to do. So we can have a regular game seasons. I mean, we're still going to have the playoffs. Um, 
but September 7th is our, our first official uh, padded practice. We'll have helmets on that first day, and on, on that day we're starting every day and just slowly working the pads, and then we're full go. Nice. Uh, those those first uh, first practices in the fall are always great, and it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, what are your personal goals for this fall, and, and what is really your goal for this team that you're a part of as you inch closer to, to playing again? I mean, our main focus is getting to the open division. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with kind of how Arizona does playoffs, but uh, instead of instead of just your, whatever division you're in going for the state, we have an open division playoff. So it's the best teams out of every conference, and, and that's our goal is to be one of the top eight teams in the state and, you know, take home that championship. So that's just what we're working for. Yeah, that's an interesting way to, to, to do it. I actually haven't heard um, – I, I didn't know that that's how things kind of worked um, in Arizona. It's a little different here in Wisconsin, so that's uh, uh, really interesting. Let's let's get into your offer with Wisconsin a little bit because I was scouring your Twitter, um, and I, I saw that you had your pinned tweet was about you you wearing your Wisconsin helmet, and that, that was kind of um, a, a really special moment for you. So sure. could you kind of talk about uh, how what it meant to get that offer and, and how did that kind of – feel and, and come about I, I mean it, it was the most amazing feeling uh they offered me my freshman year before i even played a varsity football game uh coach budmeyer came out of school and, and watched me throw uh they, they've had a belief in me since since that day and they, they always will um so just the relationship with them has been amazing and and that feeling will always be one of the best feelings i've ever had yeah, I, I think that's that's something that jumped out to me right away is is that that pin tweet and and I know that um, it's it's kind of crazy when you look at the last um, couple quarterback classes. The Badgers have been very active at offering early. Um, the Badgers commit Deacon Hill, um, Graham Mertz, both were guys that uh, really hadn't played a lot of varsity games before they um, went ahead and, and were offered, similar to you. How, how did that feel to have the trust from the staff just based off of that early throwing? And I know you've camped at Wisconsin as well in the past. Yeah, yeah for sure. It was huge. It was really huge. Um, just just to know that somebody believes in me like that before before they even see me play, is that's a very, very surreal feeling. Well, I, I'm sure in your recruitment, uh, Coach Budmeyer has, has gotten to know you, and, and he's done a really good job of identifying and, and coaching that quarterback position while at Wisconsin. I think there's been a really uptick in, in play and, and recruiting. How have you gotten uh, to kind of know him over the past year or two? Uh, it's been good. We've talked pretty much every week. Um, we, we've been on the phone every week. He's talking to my parents. He's talking to me. We've talked some football. Um yeah, I, I visited twice, and really, just I just have had a great time building a relationship with him, and we've gotten really close. I know you've been communicating with uh, Coach Budmeyer. Have you also had the opportunity to speak with Coach Christ and Joe Rudolph, the offensive coordinator at all? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, I have. I, I, I talked to both of them uh, when I was out at Wisconsin, and also uh, Coach Chris has been to our school a couple times to uh to talk to me and also we had a, a linebacker that they were recruiting at one point uh so so i've had a lot of conversations with them uh, i believe you've had the opportunity to visit madison you know multiple times you talked about the camps yep. a little bit but um I, I and also the unofficial visits kind of in the past what were your experiences like uh when you were able to to visit madison and, and the university oh it, it was a great experience i uh my first time out there i was for a camp and that, that was very fun just to kind of see the campus around and see what life is like there. 
And then I went uh, October 12th for the Michigan State game, which was actually their, their uh, homecoming game. And I, I believe the game started at 2 o'clock, and we got there to the stadium probably around 10, and everything's packed. We had to park probably five miles away and, and walk to the stadium. So just seeing that alone was, was pretty wild. It's definitely different from – what I grew up watching, you know, Big 12, or excuse me, Pac-12 football and uh, and going to those games, it was a very different experience, and I really enjoyed my time in Madison. Yeah, it's college uh, college game day in Madison is very different than a lot of places. Um, but but since that Wisconsin offer to kickstart your recruitment, you've picked up a whole bunch of offers from schools. Um, you know, who have you been rec- uh, who have you been communicating with the most in your recruitment? Would you feel? Uh, I talk to a couple schools pretty much weekly. Um, Northwestern and Michigan State are schools that I talk to weekly that have offered me. I also talk to Iowa State. I talk to ASU pretty much weekly, and then and then there's a couple schools that uh, that haven't offered yet that I, I talk to weekly as well. Is there any one of those schools that's kind of maybe really standing out, or, or anyone that's separated from the pack, or is a pretty pretty wide base of schools that you're kind of still considering? Yeah, there's definitely still a, a wide base. Um, I haven't really, you know, me, me and my parents have definitely talked about, you know, making a decision. Um, we, we we know for sure it'll probably be before the start of the season or maybe even after, but we're, we're thinking it'll be before the start of our first game. So time frame-wise, you're, you're probably going to be pulling the trigger a little earlier here. That usually makes sense a lot of times for quarterbacks because there's usually only one quarterback in the class. When you go into making your decision, what are the things you're going to really prioritize in your future school? Definitely some main things for me are, are academics and, and where I fit in culture standpoint-wise. You know, where, where am I going to fit in as a person? Um, well, where am I going to grow the most, not just in football, but also as a person? Um, and really seeing, you know, if a coach really wants me. You know, there's some schools that I'm – All right. And, uh, Devin, we appreciate you taking the time for sure. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you next week. And as always, on Wisconsin.